0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, Lawrenceville has seen a fast and steep increase in housing prices over the past 10 years, and people who've lived there for decades can't afford to be there anymore. So in 2019, the city agreed to try something new. It's called inclusionary zoning, and it requires new developments to keep some units affordable. People say it's helping or it could with enough time, but now that ordinance is being challenged in federal court. I'm with Dave Bringen, the leader of the local advocacy group, Lawrenceville United. It's Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh.
1: So we're standing at 39th and Butler Street in Lower Lawrenceville and we're looking at Arsenal Elementary and Arsenal Middle School um, and behind us is the new Arsenal 201 apartments. And chose this spot because, you know, my, my past work was doing, organizing work with our neighborhood public schools, uh, with local parents to try to uh, support and strengthen our neighborhood public schools. And I was doing a lot, I was spending a lot of time in Arsenal Elementary School with a lot of families And a really like defining moment for me was uh, being stopped by the longtime social worker at Arsenal Elementary School. uh, When she told me, Dave, I need your help. I'm so overwhelmed with homeless families uh, on my caseload. Like, what can Lawrenceville United do to help? And that was just a trend that really picked up so quickly. Uh, where so many of the families in our n- neighborhood public schools um, were getting priced out of the neighborhood uh, because of housing prices going berserk. And so, you know, I, I, and we had been doing all this great work to improve our public schools and organizing parents. And I felt like we were you know, on this pathway to having great public schools. But if, if we don't address the housing issues we're not going to have any kids left in the neighborhood to attend them. So I think that's where, you know, a lot of our advocacy comes from. Um, And, you know, we've been on a journey to try to throw everything at the wall to protect affordability in the neighborhood uh, because the levels of displacement have just been really severe.
0: Yeah, I bet. Everything is so expensive over here. Um, So where are we right now?
1: Behind us is Arsenal 201, which is um, one of the... Uh, is a newer uh, apartment building. Um, the first phase was one of the you know, largest new construction projects in the neighborhood at the time, and it's right across the street from our schools. And you know, during the community process around this, it became really clear that residents wanted to see affordability. If you are gonna build new housing in the neighborhood, we wanna see make sure that it's serving the needs of our working class families who are finding it hard to find housing now. Um, and in our first phase, we weren't able to do that. Uh, but by the time the second phase came around, we had passed inclusionary zoning, which requires it. And so I think it's, you know, uh, it was just a couple of years between those two phases, but inclusionary zoning really shows that um, we can require this and we can have housing created for everybody. Um, and so the second phase of the unit, which is behind where we're standing right now, um, it's going to have 35 affordable units. 17 of them are already occupied, um, and there's another 18 that'll be filled up before the end of this year. How how
0: long have you been? Uh, how long have you been living in Lawrenceville?
1: I first moved here in 2009.
0: So over the past decade plus, um, how have you seen like housing costs change?
1: Well, when I moved here in 2009, uh, the median home sale price in Lawrenceville was still under $100,000. In the decade following that, um, we have seen our median home sale prices almost triple. Um, the median home sale prices are now well over $300,000. We have seen um, rent prices you know, across the city, particularly last year, explode. Um, we've seen a huge housing boom in the neighborhood. I mean, 700 units and multifamily construction in just a five-year span alone. And alongside of those those housing cost increases, we've seen huge levels of displacement. So we lost about 50% of our black population within a five year span, about 50% of our neighbors living in poverty. And this has disproportionately also affected our, our neighborhood kids, our school age children. Um, about a third of our population under the age of 18 was lost in those five years. So um, it's perverse that we're seeing our largest housing boom in decades at the same time that the folks who helped make Lawrenceville a great place to live and have historically made up this neighborhood can't find any housing in their price range.
0: One of the solutions though that you've talked about is inclusionary zoning and that's kind of making sure that um, there are affordable units in all of these like new structures that go up. So could you talk a little bit more about what, what that is?
1: yeah so inclusionary zoning is a very simple premise that if you're going to build new housing in lawrenceville that a percentage of those units have to be for uh, folks of more modest means the working class homes that have always made up our neighborhood Um, and it's really just a tool to make sure that housing gets built for everybody and not just the extremely wealthy so what it does is in residential projects over 20 units 10 percent of those units are Uh, Restricted for uh, folks earning below 50% of area median income in the case of rentals, 80% of area median income in the case of for sale units.
2: Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art
0: Has it made a difference, like here in Lawrenceville?
1: Absolutely, I mean, I mentioned previously that there were some 700 units that were created by the private market in a five-year time span. Um, A whopping, I think, two of those units was affordable. Um, Since inclusionary zoning has come into place, we've already had two projects come that collectively are mandating 40 new units of affordable housing. So I mean, when you compare it to the scale of the need, it's not—it it doesn't get us there, of course not. But it is um, making a difference, and the people living in those units is—it is, it makes a huge difference for them. And we need it in tandem with a lot of other strategies to address the affordability crisis.
0: Not everyone is, you know, thrilled about this policy. That's partly why we're here today, Um, this Builders Association group is challenging the law in court. They think like, you know, it's not really their responsibility. They shouldn't have to provide affordable housing. Um, That's not their role. Um, It's not fair for the city to shift that burden to them, you know, for them to basically have to raise the price for everybody else or, you know, they have to eat the cost themselves. So I don't know. Do you see where they're coming from at all?
1: No, (laughs) I don't see where they're coming from at all. Um, Inclusionary zoning policies have been around for decades. There are something like a thousand municipalities across the United United States that have these policies. They have created lots and hundreds of thousands of of affordable units. And uh, this is a tried and true modest policy that ensures that as new housing is being created, that it's being built for everyone. It's not going to solve the affordability crisis but it is an important tool in the toolbox and it's a very modest one and i mean so much care was given to this policy Uh, multiple studies financial modeling from national experts with private developers at the table to really ensure that uh, this policy was crafted around the specific market conditions in pittsburgh so great care was given to it and I mean, the evidence is literally before our eyes right now of a project that closed on its financing in May of 2020, which I think there was still a construction moratorium at, during that time. So if they can move forward with this requirement under the worst economic situation uh, in a long time, I think that just goes to show you how eminently reasonable and, and achievable this policy is.
0: Yeah, you're, So there are other cities that are um thinking about trying this out, Philly is one of them. So like, you know, just across the state, um, what are the stakes for other cities where they are trying to work toward inclusionary zoning?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, this lawsuit is, has national implications. It was filed in federal court, so it will affect many more places than just Pittsburgh on its outcome. Um, you know, inclusionary zoning is relatively new, uh, to the state of Pennsylvania, this. The ordinance here in Pittsburgh, we're proud to say, is the first inclusionary zoning policy outside of State College in, the, in Pennsylvania. Um, other municipalities are, are definitely looking at this more and more, especially as more and more neighborhoods see reinvestment for the first time in a long time, you know, similar to how Lawrenceville was. Um, so um, it, it's a very effective tool, as I said, it's, it's tried and true, it's been studied a lot, and it, it works. Dave, thank you so much for
0: spending time with us and uh, showing us a little bit more about Lawrenceville.
1: Thanks so much for coming to my neighborhood. A little more news before
0: you go. Pittsburgh Public Schools want students and administrators to keep wearing masks but end quarantine periods for people exposed to COVID-19. Allegheny County is currently at a high COVID risk and almost all PPS kids go back to class on Monday. The school board is expected to vote on that proposal today. Pittsburgh City Council introduced legislation this week to find fast solutions for unhoused locals. In the proposal, council wants to build tiny houses on 10 parcels of city-owned land with water and sewer connections. And the city is celebrating its first girls' fire camp this week, where teens get to learn about a career in firefighting by practicing rescues and training on dummies. The camp is for teens, but also for the city. Right now, there are only four women firefighters out of more than 700 bureau wide. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. We're not putting out any fires, but you know, if you enjoyed the show, run to go tell your friends, tell everyone, and of course, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. My friends live over here in Lawrenceville and I hate going down the stairs in their house because I'm always, I have to like go down
1: sideways. Like you do a little tippy toe
0: down, you know? the steps are so narrow
1: yes we're uh, a tight community for sure